Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight, expertise, top guests. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Welcome and get on board right now as we've got a lot to talk about. It's a Tuesday. That means John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel will join us. Love visiting with him. And we'll talk about the next two SEC coaching firings because a couple happened yesterday. One while we were on the air, I believe. That Tennessee-Georgia line of nine and a half. Caleb, has it moved? It has not. I was just looking it up as a matter of fact, and I believe it is still nine and a half right now, which again, it was eight and a half before last week, which is so yeah, hasn't moved at all. Strange. So Vegas thinks this is going to be close. What to make of the Tennessee Georgia line is the Josh Heupel honeymoon over. I'll ask you that. Also our football IQ segment each and every Tuesday. How dumb can college football coaches be? Where do the balls turn without Dante Thornton, Tennessee's wide receiver, just when he was starting to hit his stride? He's out for the rest of the regular season. And we'll talk some Tennessee hoops as the balls have an SEC player of the week. So a lot going on. Welcome to the program. Hit that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. And we will go ahead and lead it off with today's tough question it is on the youtube channel so please vote now and this one's kind of important because i really want to get your thoughts and i want you to 
share your thoughts on the message board because I, I, I wonder if this is the case after talking to people in the community. It is time for today's Tough Question. It's brought to you by our friend Andy Mason of AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's Tough Question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Today's Tough Question. It is on YouTube. You can vote right there. Brought to you by Andy Mason, AndyMasonRealEstate.com. And it is this. Is the Josh Heupel honeymoon over? How do we define honeymoon? I would say that your significant other can do no wrong. And at this point, I sense that a lot of people are starting to scratch their heads and bringing up some real concerns about Josh Heupel. Let's bring John Adams in of the Knoxville News Sentinel, who is always is looking fantastic. John, how are you, sir? I'm having horrible allergies, so if all of a sudden I disappear, it's because I can't stop sneezing, and that's not really good uh, good show uh, performance. So that's, that's all right. That's all right. We'll work with that through shirt, it. With that shirt, did you did you make sure you rounded up all the cattle before you got inside? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was lassoing cacti out in the Arizona desert. I got this shirt in. <laughs> Sedona, Arizona, a long time ago. And I've actually had money offered to me for it. Well, I, I knew there was no doubt that you got that in Sedona. I was actually going to guess that. I hate that you stole that from me. Uh, I think the shirt looks fantastic. Uh, John, let me ask you, is the uh, honeymoon over for Josh Heupel? Yeah, I think so. I mean, no coach stays in honeymoon mode for his career. It's going to happen to all of them at some point. Uh, everything really has gone so well for Josh Heupel coming into this season. Uh, winning seven games in the first year with the mess jo- uh, Jeremy Pruitt left behind. And then a historic 11-2 and two season, historic compared to what was going on in the recent past. Finishing in the top 10, beating Clemson in the Orange Bowl. All of that, I mean, it was just one big love fest, but but not anymore. Not when you lose 36 to 7 to Missouri. Not when you don't have re- any really signature win. I mean, think about it. If a Tennessee team, football team points to a three point win in Lexington and Kentucky and says, that was it, man. We That was our game. We, we put it all together that night that's not what you what Tennessee fans expect it was uh but I think the Missouri game was just wasn't that Tennessee lost I mean the game was pretty much a pick em. Missouri dominated every phase of the game so much so that Tennessee fans couldn't even complain about the officiating or things of that nature now fair point uh so if we've got uh cowboy john with us then we have a uh, beaten it caleb who's rocking the is that a mock turtleneck or a real turtleneck for the record it's a real turtleneck don't be hating on my turtlenecks i'm not <laughs> hating i'm just saying you look like john malkovic Ooh. <laughs> pretty not good. a bad call dave <laughs> caleb is the honeymoon i think you look fantastic i love i'm quiet. just trying to sell you guys a car <laughs> no, you look, you look, you look quite trendy. Hit the like and subscribe button. Vote on our poll right now. I ask you, Caleb, is the honeymoon over? For me, the honeymoon was over before his first game was ever coached, and I'm going to tell you guys why. Actually, I Josh Heifel won me back over 
But the re this for me, Josh Heupel is like a relation. Y'all ever been in a relationship that starts out really toxic, but then kind of starts to work out in the end, and you were shocked because it had such a rough start. You ever had one of those? No, I stay away from toxic relationships. No, I mean, the I first sign of toxicity, yeah. toxicity, I'm out the door. Yeah, I'm, I'm out the door. I'm out the door in the car and down the driveway. Okay, <laughs> I know some marriages that have worked out where the couple started, they were toxic, and it's like, how are they together? But somehow they like managed to find like a connection, and they've actually they actually work out really well now. So I think they'll I end up losing that in the end. But go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, because remember, the Josh Heupel hire was universally hated by Tennessee fans when it happened. Everybody wanted Hugh Freeze because, you know, when you fire a coach for cheating, the first guy you want to call is Hugh Freeze. But everybody in Knoxville wanted Hugh Freeze. And I think on top of that, Josh Heupel lost me when he very clearly tried to clear the field for Joe Milton to be the starter at the beginning of the 2021 season without giving anybody else a fair shot. It reminded me of Ed Orgeron naming Brent Schaefer the starter at Ole Miss before Schaefer ever set foot on campus at Ole Miss in 2006. And Heupel really – it was very clear Heupel was going to make Joe Milton the starter regardless of any merit whatsoever – and it reminds me of, a, you know, you guys are those NFL GMs that they want to put their stamp on the franchise. Even if they, when they take over, even if they have good pieces, they just ship them all away so they can get their guys. Cough, cough, Reggie McKenzie with the Raiders. Um, that's what I feel like Josh Heupel was doing at Tennessee. He want, Joe Milton was his guy. It didn't matter that Hendon Hooker was significantly better. He started Milton, not to his credit. He switched to Hooker midway through the year, or early in the year. But to me, that already told me something about him that I just didn't like. Honestly. Well, I, I think I think this, guys, I think the honeymoon is is still ongoing. Hit that like and subscribe button. I want your thoughts on that because yeah, you know, I, I still hear from Tennessee fans that want to place the blame on this season on Joe Milton. I think that's the easy way out. Now, who picked Joe Milton is the question, but I still think people want to believe and Josh Heupel. So I don't think the honeymoon is actually over. I don't think it will be over until slash unless uh, Nico struggles next season. Uh, I think that would be where you would be like, oh, man, this this isn't working out, John. No, I mean, to say the honeymoon is over, I think the honeymoon is definitely over because uh, Josh Heupel was almost uh, above criticism. And things worked out when he made that he made a bad decision in starting Joe Milton uh, in 2022. But it worked out, as Caleb pointed out, because he only played he only started two games and he was hurt. I don't know how much the injury was a factor. I think they would have made the move no matter what. It was pretty obvious at that point after the uh, Pittsburgh game. But I just think when these honeymoon periods, oh, when a honeymoon period, I see that as a coach can do no, no wrong. That's how I look at that. It's almost an it's an unrealistic. It can't you can't sustain that. And and what's happened this year though, I, Tennessee fans want to believe in Josh Heupel. They almost have to believe in Josh Heupel because I think he's a very good offensive coach. He has the wrong quarterback for his system, and I don't understand why he didn't see that when he saw Joe Milton at Michigan, but he didn't for whatever reason. So to me, uh, I still think of him as a really good offensive coach, one of the best in the business. 
But like any coach, he's got to have the right guy for his system. So I think fans want to believe in that. They also have to remember their recent past. I mean, this is, I mean, it's been a wasteland pretty much. Hit that like and subscribe button. Travis says, are you suggesting we have a baby to make the relationship better? I don't know what that baby would be. Another contract extension, maybe? No, I'm not suggesting a baby, but I am saying that you're at the situation now where it was toxic from the start. But I guess what John is saying is, you know, your honeymoon trip is like you don't really have to do any touristy stuff because you just want to spend time with your newlywed because you really don't even want to get out of bed half the time when you're on your honeymoon. But yes. um, when get too graphic here. Yeah, that's pretty graphic. But okay. but, but like this, now you're like at a point where we need for, to go- the scene from European vacation that they don't, you know, they see the couple, they don't go see everything. I think he's going to, or dad, if you remember that. But Dave, now how many the- vacation movies did you watch? I've seen all of them. Haven't uh, you? No. But I, now I, you're at, the, now you're at the point where you kind of have to like, you got to do some touristy t- stuff. You know, you got to enjoy the sights of whatever place you're going to like, you know, get, you know, get out of the monotony a little bit. Yes. That, that's the monotony of being in bed. Okay. Oh, look uh, at the architecture across the street. Love that. Okay. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> no, it's fine. Anyway, uh, uh, like, estate. like in, like in vacation when they go to the Grand Canyon, they're like, oh, all right. We're here. Grand Canyon. <laughs> look, kids. Big Ben, Parliament. All right. Um, so, so I want to remind you, AndyMasonRealEstate.com, over 40 years of experience in the biz. AndyMasonRealEstate.com, best service, best price. It's that simple. And uh, Andy Mason will provide you a place to put your bed. Uh, for that honeymoon, if that is the case. Um, so uh, there you <laughs> hit that like and subscribe button. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, well, let's look at the message board and get some uh, get some feedback. Now, would we have gotten this? Obviously, the South Carolina game was a complete and utter disaster last year. Okay. But I'm trying to remember if if the feedback, and John, you could help me with this, was more about, Oh, this team didn't play well. It was this guy named Banks's problem as a linebacker, or was it more questioning Hypel? Because I can go down the list, and right now John's right and I'm wrong. Travis says, "My God, our play calling has been so bad at times. I'm pretty sure they only practice screens." Um, and uh, Rocky Top Tom says, "And I'm the play caller for our offense on the team I coach. I know play calling. I made terrible decisions on a series of play calls, but never an entire season of it. So sounds like John, you're right. The honeymoon is over because at least on our message board, which is probably leans towards optimism. uh, We've got really, really uh, a lot of people questioning John, uh, Josh Heupel. And I don't think that happened last year after the South Carolina loss. No, even though the the South Carolina loss was much, much more damaging. I mean, Mm -hmm. Tennessee's in the running for the college football playoff. Uh, When that happened, the thing about last season, when things didn't go as planned, when things didn't go well, you could always point to the defense. Well, you know, we don't have enough players on defense. But see, Josh Heupel, that didn't really stick to Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel's an offensive offensive guy and and pretty much his deal well we'll we'll outscore everybody and it couldn't outscore south carolina because the defense was just so inept and then there was the off off the field stuff in the middle of the week with uh with jeremy banks and getting he was an 
unhappy. And I, I don't remember all the details of that. But so there were things you can point to, but you couldn't point to the offense. The offense still scored 38 points. You don't expect your offense to score 64. And, uh, and I think people also looked at South Carolina hadn't played this way all year, really. And Spencer Rattler has a lot of talent, but he hadn't put it together. And this was kind of a, an aberration. But I think the main thing was you could point to the defense because other quarterbacks had lit up Tennessee's defense. You could point to the defense and say, well, we just don't have enough defensive players. We can get enough defensive players with Josh Heupel's offense. We'll be fine. But you can't say that this year. No, great point. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. John, let me get you to move your head slightly that direction. What the H? What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. Hit that like and subscribe button. What the H? We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Unlike Caleb's turtleneck, we talked about the line, Georgia, Tennessee. He wasn't wearing a turtleneck yesterday, John. And you weren't wearing the Sedona shirt. Uh, what do you make of this line? Nine and a half. Um, it, this tells me that Vegas thinks this is going to be fairly close. I wouldn't have been stunned if it was 17 and a half. If I'd ask you, John, on Sunday morning after the Tennessee game and you saw Georgia Ole Miss, you saw Tennessee, Georgia, uh, I'm sorry, you saw Tennessee, Missouri, what would you have thought the Tennessee, Georgia line would have been? If I would have just gone in there, blank slate, John Adams, what would you say? I would have said around 13. Okay. So uh, they, I, they, they, excuse me, but they factor out of the things into that. Tennessee's really good at home. It's won 14 in a row. I also think they look at Georgia's schedule and said, okay, it was sky high to beat Florida, big rival, uh, big game against Missouri, SEC East on the line, win that game. Then they come back and playing ninth ranked Ole Miss and play pretty much a perfect game. And so you can't sustain that. And so it's about their Georgia's due. For an, for, for an off game. That, okay. and, and that's what I think the odds makers are saying. Um, I, I could just see, though, Georgia having an off game and still winning. I don't, you know, Five maybe. more than 10. Yeah, I mean, 10-point game is pretty close. Uh, yeah, uh, Caleb, your thoughts. You're, you're a gambling guy. You like to uh, throw your money away. So uh, what do you think of this nine-and-a-half-point spread? Yeah, I lost some money on Sunday. Made made, made made a lot of money over the weekend, but then I put some money on DeAndre Hopkins going over 50 yards on Sunday. But Will Levis decided that, hey, if DeAndre Hopkins is open, I'm not smart enough to throw him the ball. Okay, sorry. See, you know when, ga- when, when gamblers lose, they always have an excuse ready. Yes. See, they blame it on somebody. A it's not my fault like- Will Levis is stupid and puts mayonnaise in his coffee. So do you. <laughs> All right, so what do you think of the line, Caleb? What, do, what I would have... I wouldn't have been stunned if it was 16 and a half. Uh, John kind of lowballed me a little bit at 13 and a half. Um, 
I wouldn't have been stunned if it was two touchdowns or more. George, here's here's why I think they set the line. I think Georgia's last three games on the road have all been within one score, haven't they? Um, I believe their Missouri. last three ro- true road games. Missouri wasn't a road game. Um, they played that one at home, and so they. Oh yeah, you're right. They, yeah, Florida technically was a road game this year, but we know that's at a neutral site. They failed to cover in each of their last three home games, or excuse me, each of their last three road games. Tennessee hasn't lost at home in two years under Heupel. Their only two losses at home under Heupel are the Hindenhooker game where he first came in against Pittsburgh, and they really, they should have won that game when Hooker came in. That was Heupel's, that was Heupel's second game, Hindenhooker's first action. And then the Ole Miss golf ball game where there was very, very, very questionable officiating in that game. And they haven't lost at home since that Ole Miss game. And so I think they're looking at Tennessee at home. They're looking at Georgia on the road. They're also looking at Georgia poured everything until last week and beating Ole Miss during the week of practice because they knew that if they beat Ole Miss, they got the East locked up. And they knew that Ole Miss would be a more – but and I think in Georgia's mind before last week's game, they considered Ole Miss at home a better chance to lock up the East than Tennessee on the road. So I think they kind of knew, okay, let's put everything into old. It's kind of like when you have a game six – at home in the NBA playoffs. And you're like, let me close this out at home. Cause I don't want to go back on the road to have to win game seven. That's what George was thinking with Ole Miss. Daniel, the message board said I mortgage my house and put it on Georgia. That's not a knock on the team. They're just too depleted to compete. I thought they could, like I thought they could earlier in the season, John, I give you three options. You could bet your mortgage on Tennessee, Georgia, nine and a half is a spread. Or you could say, I'm keeping my money. There's no way I'm touching that. I'll take option three. I don't have a mortgage. I'll well, bet your. I'll bet your mortgage. Okay. Uh, on, how about and, your car payment? I've seen that snazzy little Kia you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says John Adams like a good affordable sedan. You would be shocked at how much I had to pay for that. There were no new cars available. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit how much I paid, but that's another story. No, I would I would give the points. Here's one thing about I don't think Georgia thinks about clinching the East. I think Georgia thinks about winning a third consecutive national championship. And I think it thinks about trying to get better every week. And I think it's getting better. That's the other side of this. I think, yeah, it's had some problems on the road, but I think this team is getting better. It's healthier. Brock Bowers is not 100%, but Bowers at at 80% is probably better than any other tight end in the country. So uh, Ladd McConkie's pretty healthy. Uh, Their running game, their offensive line has really gotten better. A lot of teams' offensive lines get better late in the year, and there certainly has. They're protecting their quarterback. So I think Georgia's really – really in a good place and another factor to me in this Kirby Smart never beat Tennessee when he was a player coaches really that leaves a lasting impression on on the coach after if he were a player and things didn't go well and I guarantee you he thinks about that every time he his team gets ready to play Tennessee I don't think Georgia will have a a huge letdown in this game here's why I would take Georgia with the points, then I would not bet, and then Tennessee would be the third option. Is because, guys, this is this is tough for me to say. This is brutal because I don't like questioning effort. But Josh Heupel did a little bit after the game, the Missouri game, Caleb, and that's disturbing. 
I mean, that, and he came out of this press conference yesterday and said, no, it wasn't effort. It was not playing smart. <laughs> well, either's very troublesome, Caleb. And, but really the effort part of it with nothing left to play for as a gambler, I'm asking you, that would scare me to death. Because Tennessee, I mean, could could go out there and really lay an egg if there's not a if there's an effort issue. This could be bad. Yeah, but I I don't think there's going to be an effort issue. Honestly, I think that I think there's a lot of older people on this team that feel like they have a lot to play for with the year drawing to a close. I think they're yeah, that may have been concerning. I I don't know if Josh Heupel's right about that. I think Josh Heupel has a problem um, diagnosing intangibles. If if that's a phrase I could use, I think Josh Heupel evaluates pure talent and then says, if I coach that guy, he can do this and doesn't take into account intangibles at all on how committed the guy is or what's upstairs or anything like that. I think Josh Heupel just believes that he can put the pieces to where they belong. I'm not saying that's a good trait at all. I think I think once you you guys tell me. Y'all have covered this longer than I have. I know the NFL to when the NFL scouts quarterbacks and everything, they have to t- pay attention to intangibles. You kind of got to pay attention to that when you're recruiting too, don't you? When you're scouting talent recruiting, or is it more just, ah, just look at the raw talent and call it a day. If you're, I think you, just, I think you completely have to factor that in John. Uh, I think it was the only smart thing that Derek Dooley said. You want the bell curve where most of your guys are in the middle that are talented and good character guys. But at one end, you probably got some guys that are uber talented that aren't very, uh, character guys and the other end you've got the character guys to pull them all up no i think there's there's a lot to be said for that yeah i think so too but i think it's so hard to evaluate those intangibles uh one round was joe montana drafted in is he like a third fourth was, round guy i was fourth for some reason uh and of course the classic case uh was tom brady could they not could they see Tom Brady's intangibles, this uncanny knack to raise his game to almost superhuman proportions in the most crucial times, as he did so much in the in the Super Bowl. I think it's really hard to evaluate. And I think when and you probably know you've done more with recruiting, Dave. You probably know this. I think it's really hard to get to know somebody you're recruiting. Uh, there's not that much contact, and then. You talk to people who know the recruit. Well, how many people, even even if they think this guy's the scum of the earth, are they going to tell? They're going to tell a, a college coach that? I don't think so. I think, I think that they won't stress the negatives because they feel well. Maybe this kid will turn it around. He'll be better in college. He'll mature. That kind of thing. So I don't get. I don't think you can get a really good profile of a high school recruit. I think that has been a factor for every college football coach. And it's it's gotten worse and worse and worse as time has gone on. I felt like, um, yeah, I know of instances where Philip Fulmer went to a high school. Now, albeit it was in Knoxville and checked on the player's grades and checked on his, um, whether or not he was showing up to class. And it probably was an illegal contact, but... <laughs> Uh, had the had the you know he cared about the player I, I guess it doesn't matter now it was lee smith at pal and he cared about the player because they had had a family ties and he goes in there and he, he checks his grades he checks his attendance that's not happening nowadays john no not at all um 
so it's really again i mean the best thing and and you know when you're uh when you're evaluating so well, you're everybody when you if you're hiring somebody the best the best thing you can get on someone is someone who has worked with him a bit around him who whom you respect and he gives you a good recommendation that's probably the best thing i remember when i hired you david the new sentinel and i asked other people that worked with you and it was kind of you know so so but i liked you i liked you so i made the hire anyway i, I didn't always go i didn't always go with that approach but but i think by and large that's what you do and i think you do that but i don't think you can trust people now to give you an accurate portrayal of how some how a 17 or 18 year old is interesting and you know who would have better ties into those schools that would probably get a, a better real answer be like a kirby smart rick terry jewelry well, design they, i'm sorry no, that's fine rick terry jewelry design they want to be your jeweler looking for affordable game day jewelry how about the fire opals a tennessee tradition rick terry jewelry.com they want to be your jeweler and those fire opals are awesome go ahead Caleb. well that's where i was kind of I, yes there are intangible issues with tennessee because i don't think josh hypel evaluates him well i don't think kirby smart i'm not sure he coaches them well i think I, I gotta be honest i don't see this georgia dynasty run the same way i saw the alabama dynasty runs of the early 2010s because georgia has consistently for two years now shown up in at least half their games and basically said, we really don't want to. It's been very clear. They don't want to play that game that day. The, the the problem is they're so insanely talented. I mean, these are two of the most loaded teams ever. I think these two Georgia teams, these this Georgia run, the talent is more loaded than even Nick Saban's runs in the early 2010s, where they can afford to just take days off and, they, and say, oh, fourth quarter. Oh, oh, shoot. We're down, guys. Let's go win this real quick so we can go home and party. I think it's I, – I really think that's how Georgia's thinking – and I think they're able to get away with it the same way. I think their whole schedule has been what Tennessee was with Vanderbilt in the 90s, where Tennessee didn't really want to play Vanderbilt, but they knew when it got tight, when they needed to play in the end, they were going to win the game. And that's why they won, what, 14 to 7, 12 to 7, 17 to 10, where I think the scores when Peyton Manning was there. And I think Georgia does that weekly, guys. And they turn it on maybe two or three times a year when they feel like there's something significant to play for. I think last week was one of those games where they turned it on. I think Kirby Smart may want to turn it on this week, but you can't let that happen with your players consistently and it not come back to bite you. And I don't know if he, whether or not he turns it on, I don't know if his players are going to be willing to turn it on for a second straight week because they haven't done that all year. Well, to John's point, I, I do want to throw this at you, John. I okay. think that you bring up a really good point as far as the connection with the high school coaches, because when you're Alabama or Georgia and you're, other than the most highly, highly rated prospect, what are you going to do when you show up on campus, John? You're probably going to sit for two years. So you need the the kid with the right mindset that is willing to sit for two years, whereas Tennessee has been selling over the past 15-plus years immediate playing time. Yeah, uh, to Kayla's point, I really couldn't disagree more about his assessment of what George has done. It's won 27 straight games. Your goal is to win games. Your goal is to win championships. And Kirby's done that spectacularly well. He almost has three national championships. And if you look at compare the talent with Alabama, the run of quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs uh, Alabama had, 
I, I think his talent has been better than what Georgia's had overall for a longer period of time, certainly. But I, I just think uh, – well, I remember talking to an Alabama defensive lineman one year at Media Days about how much he got involved in recruiting new players to Alabama. And he said, well, I tell all the recruits that come here that are interested on their visit, I tell them this place isn't for everybody. This is serious business. If you if you want to come to college and party, don't come here. This is serious business. And I think, Dave, what you're saying, I think that's very true. You get a different kind of player at those places. You get a player, you're not – because they, the other players let those those recruits know, here's how it's going to be. Here's what will be expected of you. Here's how you will be evaluated. And if you don't meet those standards, then you'll be on the bench. Let me ask both of you this. And we're getting a little off topic, but I think we're, we're on to something pretty interesting here. And that is... Is Josh Heupel's kumbaya approach, which it has been, an intrinsic problem with the program? Mighty the Sports Treasures carries over 5 million sports treasures. Follow them on Facebook, Sports Treasures TN, to get daily updates. Sports Treasures, love it. 5 million sports treasures. Caleb, uh, yay or nay, is there something intrinsically wrong with the kumbaya, we're family, everything's good approach? that Josh Heupel has. It's hard for me to know the internal workings with Josh Heupel. That is the public appearance, but that's also the public appearance Dabo put on for Clemson for 10 years. And he won two national titles out of it. So it's, it's hard for me to truly say that that's a failed approach when you, and, and I mean, Philip Fulmer had that mentality for a while and he won a national title. Now I think Fulmer was, I think many of us agree was too soft on players towards the end. We know what happened in the early two thousands were just time after time. There were mistakes, you know, there were players that he, there were issues that he let happen, but yeah, John, even at a press conference got called all kinds of names that I can't repeat even on YouTube, <laughs> but it's also guys, we're forgetting that Kirby <laughs> smart is also doing a kumbaya approach. How many, how many drivers is he going to, how many people, how many players is he going to like get arrested for driving in, for, for massive reckless driving issues and say, Caleb, oh, not that's not, deal. that's not the player's quad, quad uh, problem. And that's not their fault. I mean, the, the cars are too fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're oh, just yes. steering it. I mean, you know, lower that, you know, top out at 75 and, and the program will be fine. Well, speaking of sports cars, John and I were talking last night and Joe Milton's kind of like the best sports car in the world without a steering wheel. And, Part of the reason I think he's playing is the kumbaya approach. See, I tied that all in because you don't want to upset Tennessee's upperclassmen, which I think is bunk. No, I, you know, that's, that's a good point. Remember, uh, with, remember when Nick Saban, uh, brought in Jalen Hurts and starting him as a true freshman, uh, remember the championship game when he pulled Jalen Hurts and put in Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, when Ooh, you great point. When you make it, when you set set up the foundation, the foundation for your program, and you set the main thing is to communicate what you expect. 
So everybody understands. And the competitive nature of it is you've got to do this and this and this. If you do that, you'll keep playing. But okay. go ahead. No, you go. You go. Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah, everybody wants to have good team leaders and good team chemistry. But the thing is, players know who the best players are. And I mm -hmm. think they want to win. And if you you can't let sentimentality or you can't, I just don't believe you can worry too much about chemistry. These are competitive athletes. They want to win games. If they're not winning games, they're not happy. If they are happy, then you don't want them in your program. Okay, so let me ask you both this. Caleb, let me start with you and get a yay or nay out of you. Would uh, Josh Heupel have benched Jalen Hurts slash Joe Milton for Tua Tungabaola slash Nico if he had needed to at halftime? Was that the SEC championship game? That was the, the national, national, national championship game. Yeah, so national championship game. Yeah. Would he have done that? I think he actually could have done that. I think part of the, I think I the, re, I, again, I told you this, I told you guys this yesterday. I think part of the Joe Milton thing is it's easy to do this because you know, Joe Milton's not going to be here next year. Whereas with Jalen hurts, you got to make that decision because Jalen hurts and Tua were both going to be on the roster the next year. So it's, I don't think there's any way. In, I don't think there's any way in hell he would make that change. He benched Milton for him and hooker. Uh, yeah, but I mean, look how Milton bad Milton was. I, I mean, well, you're talking about two guys who are playing starting in the NFL now, both talented guys. Maybe Hertz wasn't perceived that time. I don't believe there's any way Josh Heupel would have made that move. That's troubling to me. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, two minutes, and then we're going to tell you the uh, coaches uh, that are on the hot seat and how it affects the Vols, because I think the next coach fired, and there were two on Monday, I think the next coach fired – is going to be good news for uh, Tennessee. Uh, next two SEC coaches fired because Sam Pittman is just a matter of time. Sorry, Sam. Two minutes off the Oaksports. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Hi, I'm Rick Terry, and we at Rick Terry Jewelry Designs pride ourselves in the highest quality craftsmanship from a family-owned business here in Knoxville for over 35 years. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we also take pride in being an affordable option for all your game day accessories, especially those fire opals. At Rick Terry Jewelry Designs, we want to be your jeweler every day and especially on game day. Go Vols! Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. There's your These mountains hold and defend a spirit far better than moonshine a drink that holds flavor that becomes necessity a hard cider made and relished by folk who are as hearty as they are legend a refreshment that can only be found in one place with a taste that makes you say give me three bottles of the good stuff 
Tennessee Cider Company, where necessity can be found. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Portions of the program brought to you by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Use the promo code HAT. That's HAT to receive some free swag with your cider order available most anywhere in the U.S. I have a goal for this upcoming 2024 year as we're approaching the end of the calendar. I've had a sushi roll named after me that John loved. Uh, Also a margarita named after me. The goal is for a hard cider named after me. What do you mean about that, John? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. We could get a. We could get a. For those on YouTube, we could get a hard cider named after Caleb, and it could have like a little turtleneck around it. I would last as long <laughs> with a uh, with sushi as I would a toxic relationship. Okay, <laughs> that's good. I would be driving. That. I would be driving faster than a starting Georgia football player. They're not an By the way, I got to call Travis out on the message board since we're talking about relationships because he said Georgia would show up flatter than my prom date. Travis, have you seen my prom date? <laughs> Look at Big Pimpin' there. Wow. Just <laughs> throw some heat. Let's get to four downs. Four downs. One day probably- I'll show you guys my prom picture on here. I'm up for that. I'm up for that. Four Downs brought to you by our good friend Don Self at uh, State Farm, College Dale, Oodlewa. I'll tell you more. Four Downs is right now. Four Downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. I got stood up for prom. Or actually dumped four days before prom. With that. Oh, whatever happened to that young woman? Oh, she was a dancer for a while in Atlanta. <laughs> so, <laughs> what you didn't get stood up there. <laughs> was, uh, was it ballet? It was not ballet. It was not. Okay. Uh, four Downs uh, brought to you by our – I didn't really talk to her much after that – Brought to you by Don Self. Customer service still matters. State Farm agent Don Self and his team take customer service seriously for well over 40 years. Built their business and reputation on taking care of their customers in College Dale and Ottawa. Customer service still matters. Give Don and his team a call. Don Self, your friendly neighborhood State Farm agent for the greater Chattanooga area. So four downs. Go ahead and set us up, Coop. Hey, here. Hit like and subscribe. Why don't you do that again? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you. That got exciting. All right. Here is why the next coaching firing, or if not the next one, the one after it, will help Tennessee. Let's start off, and I want to get a quick timeline as to when this coach will be fired. First down, Coop. Coop here. First down. Sam Pittman. John. Um, Sunday. Okay. Caleb. A week from Sunday. They're going to try to see if they can, he can finish out the season. I, I'll go with Caleb. Second down, Coop. Cooper Mays here. Second down. Clark Lee. 
<laughs> Before next year, Caleb, or not? No, I don't think Vanderbilt's a school that fires coaches after two bad years. I mean, aren't you allowed like seven bad years at Vanderbilt? Or what? Is, what's the rule? Like four? I don't know how many. I think it's 18. Uh, there's no limit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now here's where I think it helps Tennessee. What down, Coop? Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Third down. Shane Beamer. We all know Pittman's going to be the next coach fired, but we're talking about the next two SEC firings. Is Shane Beamer the post-Pittman firing? John? Um, he certainly should be on the hot seat. South Carolina can be unusually patient um, for an SEC school. I think Shane Beamer will be around next year. I don't think he's getting fired this year. I think Billy Napier could get fired before Shane Beamer. Well, that's what I was getting to. You Okay, so let's go ahead and get to that now. All SEC Center Cooper Mays here. Well, let me Shane Beamer. Yeah, well, give me Shane Beamer now. <laughs> I, he's going to be fired a year from now because what's going to – Shane Beamer is going to be – Shane Beamer without Spencer Rattler will be Butch Jones without Josh Dobbs. It'll be the exact – it'll be identical. Okay, so fourth down is Billy Napier. Um, I've not been on the Billy Napier train from the get-go. Uh, Caleb can tell you this. He's a detail-oriented coach. It's what everybody said at SEC Media Days. But what does he coach really well? At least with Saban, you know, defensive backs, um, you know, with uh, Kirby Smart linebackers and great recruiter. You can say that for both of them. Josh Heupel, an offensive coach. I never figured out what Billy Napier coaches in, in better than everybody else i've never found that out so with billy napier i think he will be the next coach to be fired john and i have no reason to believe that florida will go out and make a great hire that's tennessee's sec east rival other than georgia um your thoughts on napier and and how another change could could possibly help the balls well, Florida, Florida gets a lot of credit for hiring, hiring Steve Spurrier and uh, Urban Meyer, who won national championships there and, and dominated the league for a while. Two coach, but they're two overall coaches in sixty years. Yeah, now that's what I'm getting to. I mean, most of these guys. I mean, they also had Will, Will Muschamp, Jim McElwain. Uh, I could add a few more to that list, and now Billy Napier. Uh, Billy Napier is recruiting well. Good for him. Most Florida coaches recruit well. He's going to lose four. He's going to lose fourteen games, seven games each in his first two seasons at Florida. So, how do you come back? How much could he improve next year against what should be one of the toughest schedules in the country? Uh, I see him as I see Billy Napier having three consecutive uh, losing seasons, and Florida cannot keep a coach after three losing seasons. And again, you can point to the recruiting and say, yeah, well, he's building something. But look at the other coaches there who recruited well. Ron Zook recruited really well and set the table for Urban Meyer. But you didn't want Ron Zook. You think Ron Zook would have won two national championships? Of course not. No. And Rocky Top Tom says Napier and Beamer have beaten us when they had clearly better rosters. They're not bad coaches, and they're in relatively young tenures in their school. I don't know that the young tenures, Caleb, matters as much with the transfer portal now and NIL. I think the old five years to get it turned around thing is antiquated, and it's more like three. 
I think it's always been two. I've never seen a coach that two. didn't have a good second year that that worked out. Honestly, I've never seen a coach that didn't have a good year by their second year that didn't work out. And um, I'm I, I yeah, I think Billy Napier will be fired next year. I think they believe, you know, he's selling keeping this recruiting class together, which they have like a top four class still, don't they? But I think once he starts losing a lot next year, they're going to fire him. I got to push back on both of you guys, though. And this is something I brought up last week, John. You aren't here. I think the culture of Tennessee is still not looking in the mirror because we talk about Florida two coaches in 60 years who worked out Tennessee's only hired two coaches who've won legitimate sec championships in 60 years, Doug Dickey and Philip Fulmer. None of Johnny majors championships in the sec were legitimate or outright. Um, so it's like Tennessee's only had two really good coaches in 60 years that worked out and only one that won a national title in 60 years. So it's not like Tennessee has much more to brag about over Florida in the post world era of integration, which is what I call the modern era of college football. Well, I mean, I think Johnny Majors was a really good coach, um, and I think he he had a very challenging schedules and things. He laid the groundwork for Philip Fulmer to win a national championship. I don't think Philip Philip Fulmer would have won a national title if Johnny Majors hadn't set things up for him by bringing in a lot of talent and getting the program going. I mean, Tennessee was they had a couple of seasons where if things would have broken the the right way he could have won the national championship and i thought the same thing with uh with doug dickey uh he was a really good coach too uh but things didn't break his way in a lot of close games john i i i i, I want to take the perspective of look at the sec east and what it'll be in two or three years because let's face it philip fulmer benefited from a guy named jim donnan um, at Georgia, the, uh, a guy named Brad Scott at South Carolina. Cool. Um, and when they toppled Florida that one time in 98 and then 2001, there were championships to be played for. I think the SEC East, um, first of all, South Carolina goes away from Shane Beamer. Are they really going to do that much better? I think that's a program that has a glass ceiling on it. And then could Florida be in the midst of what they've done before and Tennessee has done in the 2010s, and that is a turnover and no consistency. And I don't care how good you are. You can't win like that. How do you see the East being? And Mark Stoops is going to get another good offer at some point, I believe. But how do you see the East shaking out over the next couple of years for, for Tennessee? Well, there, I mean, you're speaking figuratively, I assume, because there won't be an East. That's true. Uh, there'll be one, one big conference, but – those teams in the East, they have benefited from their divisional placement. I mean, you look at Kentucky. What if Kentucky would have been in the West? Do you think Mark Stoops would be making as much money as he is now? Do you think he would be solidified as just a coach who seemingly is there forever? I don't think so. Carefully crafted schedules in the non-conference area, coupled with being in the East. You got Vanderbilt every year. So if you schedule right, you start out with five wins. Win one more game and you're bowl eligible. I think the the mid-level teams in the SEC East are really going to struggle when we go to this expanded 16-team league. Missouri's doing great now, but I can extend uh, can they sustain can the Tigers sustain that? I don't think so. Missouri, South Carolina, Kentucky, those kind of teams. And I'm almost ready to put Florida in that too. 
certainly Florida with Billy Napier, it's right there with those teams. It's not a, a program that you think of as a championship contender. Caleb, your thoughts? Hey, would- uh, who's Mr. President, Rocky Top Tom? said somebody's killing it today. I'm John not Adams. sure if you're talking about John or He's Caleb. Oh, president. yeah, John Adams. Uh, I Do we have a Caleb Calhoun as president? Maybe we have so. a, my first name remember. is John, so we have a John C. Calhoun as vice president, one of the worst human beings in American history. Um, I disagree with that so much. <laughs> he he had a good side. I I, I remember him. <laughs> I remember him. Horrible, horrible John, was, human being. John was just about a teenager, and he remembers him. This was a yeah. Um, Dave, before which one? Sorry, Dave, but I think I missed it. Which fire did you said you think would help Tennessee because I don't think Billy Napier being fired would help Tennessee at all oh that's a good point so I was looking at his constant turnover but yeah maybe if they keep him for 10 years then Tennessee's better yeah. off yeah I don't think Tennessee wants <laughs> Billy Napier to be fired ever um this is the old uh my brother and I were talking about this over the weekend John Dave and I joke about it this you know when you know you have a bad coach when people affiliated with other schools in your conference are telling you how good that coach is and why you and how you should stick with them, that's when you yeah. know that is always that is so true. Because I remember when Wade Houston was Tennessee's basketball coach, and Dave, you remember that too from the way you're shaking yep. your head. And Rick Patino, Kentucky, who's you know playing for national championships regularly, talks about what a great job, uh, <laughs> you know, he's what Houston has done. And Wade Houston is done. And, you know, this is a guy, he really said something like this along the lines of, you want to keep this guy a long time. And then he beat him 61 points in the SEC tournament. John, I was, that was before I was even in the biz and trying to think uh-huh. about, you know, the, the the fact that some coaches will do something that's orchestrated or planned. And I remember, being, maybe it was your column, I don't know, but I remember being in college, that was like 92, 93, right? And reading that and thinking, good yeah. Lord, Rick Patino wants Wade Houston to be the head coach at Tennessee till they cancel the program. I mean, and why? It's because he's beaten the tarnation out of him. All right. I think Nick Saban was a Derek Dooley cheerleader for a while, too. Nick Saban kept he talking did. of Derek Dooley. He did commend somebody. Did. Was it Dooley? Yeah. Well, did he like you? Do you remember anybody talking about Butch Jones? Butch Jones. <laughs> <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, here we go. Let's get to football IQ. These guys, Caleb Calhoun and John Adams, basically dreamed this uh, bit up, and it's fantastic, and you can't beat it. So uh, football IQ, uh, you have two different levels. Let's go three different levels. You have kind of stupid. That's crazy. You have pretty stupid. You suck. And then you have Peyton Manning, the incredibly stupid coaching decisions. That is total bullshit. Yes, thank you, Peyton. All right, so let's start it off, Caleb. What did coaches do dumb over the weekend? 
All right, so we got number five, and it was by the way, this was a great weekend because it was all the like some of the most high profile coaches include were in here. So we start with uh last year's coach of the year, Sonny Dykes, who was in the national championship game last year. Texas beat TCU 29 to 26. TCU had a thrilling comeback. They were down 26 to 6 and almost pulled it out. I'm looking at the moment they were down 26 to 6. They drove to the TCU two-yard line. They had a running back averaging about, I'm sorry, to the Texas two-yard line. They had a running back averaging about five yards a carry. The, it, it, the previous two plays, he had gotten eight yards, got them to the two. It's third and goal from the two-yard line, and Sonny Dykes calls two passes, both incomplete. And so TCU was stopped on a turnover on downs. John, what level are you giving that? Um, maybe thought the running back was uh, was tired. I, I think I'll go with... Uh the your first when your lowest level stupid of stupidity there all right yeah caleb what else you got all right number four it's it's my old uh hating of punting and it's and it involves a uh, coach prime Deion sanders okay i can y'all at least give me this when it's fourth and one and you're in a shootout and you're the underdog and you're at midfield that is a time to not punt that's a time to go for it and Dion early in the second half had Colorado. The game was tied at 24. There were 24 points scored by both teams at the first half when Colorado was hosting a top 25 Arizona team as a double digit underdog. And at fourth and one near midfield, when Colorado has the ball in the second half, it was right at midfield. It was at the 50. Dion Sanders decides to punt. He also punted later, by the way, on a fourth and one at the 44 with the score tied. I didn't mind that one as much. I hate punting in general, but that was at his own 44. But the fourth and one near mid, the fourth and one at midfield in a shootout 24 to 24 when you are the underdog, you got to go for that. At mid, where is midfield? I mean, are you 50. saying right at the, at the 50? Right at the 50. Okay, well, that's my rule. Then I would. You suck. Yeah, I would go for it. <laughs> I would go for it, John. I, I, that's my rule. That If it's the 49, I would disagree with Caleb. But at the 50, I go for it. Let me ask you this, this question, though, John. How dumb was that? But also the Deion Sanders experiment. Does that continue on successfully or does that stumble upon itself? I thought from the get-go it could could would blow up. I, I just think Deion's approach, I mean, he's certainly brought a lot of attention to Colorado. He's a great promoter and a great salesperson. But when you're talking about turning over your roster like he is, and I think players have to wonder, will he want to? Will we want to kick me off the team at the end of this season? I think that we've talked some about team chemistry. I think that can be a negative fact. When things are going well, Dion is your guy. Things aren't going so well. I'm not sure he's your guy, and I'm not a Dion hater at all. But I just I don't know if this this plan, this great scheme of his can work out at this level. All right, Caleb, what do you think? What do you think of the pun on fourth and one, John, though? What were your thoughts? You disagree with me? No, well, I, I'm not. I, I think you're crazy obsessive about punting. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's establish that. And I think you have. So no, but I, I agree with you. What you have to do and you have to consider the situation, the flow of the game, the talent on the other team. If this is a, a seven to seven game and it's fourth and one at midfield. I'm saying, okay, I'm going to pin these guys deep because they have no offense. Well, maybe we'll get a turnover. Maybe we'll get the ball back in even better situation, but no, in that situation, I'm shocked that he would, he would not go for it. All right, Caleb, what else we got? All right. So moving on, uh, our man, Mario Cristobal, the, 
the uh, football IQ king of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love this one, guys. So um, Florida State beat Miami because Miami was short a timeout and desperately trying to move the ball late in the game and through an interception and could have used that timeout when Florida at that point or when Florida State got the ball to try to stop the clock and get it back one more time. The reason they didn't have that timeout was because with the score tied at 10 early in the third quarter, a third and 13 came up from the FSU 30. Mario Cristobal decided to burn a timeout. Now, this wasn't a clock winding down delay of game. This was, let me call a timeout to talk about this third and 13 play. And then he comes out of it and calls a screen that loses three yards. <laughs> John, if I went culmination of Mario Cristobal calls, I would go with Peyton. But because we're just discussing one, technically. You suck. That's the one I'm going to, and well, it makes you giggle in, in, a lot. Yeah, in in fairness to your system, I think it's a very thin line between you suck and that's total bullshit. Okay? <laughs> it's very very thin line, and I kind of lean toward the you suck uh, assessment. So which one is worse? Uh, I laugh every time you do. I know that. you do. It's, it's not, like is, a, is this is this peak bad or just middle bad? Yeah, I think it's. I think the call by itself is middle bad, but as a whole, Mario Cristobal, who I used to be a huge proponent of and thought he was going to be a great coach based off uh, uh, sources I have in Alabama, I'm off that bandwagon uh, for <laughs> sure. I've, I've made a huge, huge mistake on that. Hemp House, the premier hemp dispensary online. I've got one for Tennessee. The premier hemp dispensary online with a wide variety, great selection, and strict standards to ensure you only receive the best CBD or Delta products. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Hemp House Chat with two T's.com. Use a promo code HOOK for 10% off. They also have the big orange crunch that you can get right there. So check it out. All right, Caleb, what else we got? Football IQ. Right. Uh, um, okay, so number two, uh, it's uh, Maryland, Nebraska. So I don't know if you guys watch this game, but uh, I, be I actually believe in Matt Rule oh. because I'm, I'm an analytics guy. Wait, wait a minute, though, Caleb. Explain something to me. Why were you watching that game? I'm, oh, yes, I was. Uh, yeah. And never I never mind. really never brought mind. Maryland up, but like this one, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't help but bring it up. Matt Rule, who I'm a believer in. I actually think what Matt Rule's doing at Nebraska is a pretty good job. And I think um Yeah, I agree. Yeah, but this game, so just for the context, Nebraska had four turnovers to this point. It's a 10 to 10 game. They had a third string quarterback in there by the name of I love this, Chubby Purdy. <laughs> that was his name. Yes, Chubby his name is Purdy. Chubby Purdy. Yeah, I'm sorry, Chubba Purdy. Excuse me. Chubba. I, I read Chubba. Chubba, Purdy. Chubba Purdy. Oh, I was imagining this this guy like five one, <laughs> 150 pounds. So out there. Let, let me bring up. The, let me just bring this in real quick. Nebraska has way, four I turnovers. That, I, I think the Big Orange Crunch has some Chubba in it. <laughs> Nebraska anyway. has four turnovers already in the game. Okay, it's a ten to ten game. Their other two quarterbacks have thrown a combined three interceptions. Chubba Purdy has completed one pass, yet miraculously, they get to the red zone with three minutes to go. Now, in a 10-10 game where you've had four turnovers and you're in the red zone with three minutes to go and you've run the ball the whole way down the field and you have a quarterback who's completed one pass, you don't put the ball in the air, right? That's just rule number one. You take the field goal and get out of there with the win. But Matt Rule was like, huh. Let me throw it with my quarterback huh. who has completed one pass. They won't be expecting that. Sometimes I think coaches are like, I think outside the box. They won't be expecting that. And my mind is, yeah, they're not going to expect you to be so stupid. 
And so, like, he throws it with Chubba Purdy, <laughs> and Chubba Purdy throws an interception, and Maryland returns it, <laughs> and then that sets up Maryland for a game-winning field goal to win 13-10. to 10. I, I'm not – I mean, I don't care what the situation is. Chubba Purdy, someone named Chubba Purdy <laughs> – is not throwing a pass on my behalf, okay? Yeah, and I'm going to go with that one on this. That's crazy. Uh, Travis says, simmer down now. <laughs> Caleb's getting pretty excited. Um, all right, so I've got one. Uh, is that all you have, Caleb? No, I, I, got have it, one. I, got, I got one more, but I think we should save this one because this was a Butch Jones-esque uh, performance, so uh, give me your Tennessee one first. Wait, tell me the game. Give me Penn State and Merritt. Penn State and Michigan. Thank you. I was wondering if we would get around to that. Okay, so What good. was that? Well, no, go. He yeah. wants to. He wants to close. We got to close that, with this, Dave. It was a. Well, I got a game. good tennis. <clears throat> I got a good Tennessee close. So close. Let's, okay, let's okay. It's your your show. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, James Franklin coached a Butch Jones in the swap game on Saturday, and it starts with down fourteen to three in the second in the first in the first half. Penn State scores a touchdown. You don't chase points here. Kick the extra point. James Franklin goes for two because, you know, you got to cut it to a field goal lead in case these are the only points anybody scores the rest of the game and you need a field goal to tie. Dave, that's not it, though. This is a series of, like, this is, like, my my headline is not James Franklin's call. It's James Franklin dot, 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 all game. And so after Um, – suck, you duck-ass. I I think that is incredibly dumb. It almost went the next level. John, you can't be chasing points. I think it sends the wrong message to your team until you get into the probably fourth quarter, late third, but especially not in the first half. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, what the manual said about the chart on who to go for two. That's still not yeah. his worst decision of the game, though, because in the second half, James Franklin decided to burn a timeout to punt on fourth down. Now, yeah. that, 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 that was a great punt play he drew up out of the timeout, guys. That was just incredible. I was really blown away. Yeah. I will say this, too. Uh, uh, Caleb and I have talked about how easy it is to win at Louisiana, uh, in at LSU because the in-state town of Louisiana. There's a similar thing to a smaller extent in the state of Pennsylvania. Those kids really love Penn State despite all the bad stuff that's happened, which I don't want to get into. But and Penn State really um, Yeah. J- in other words, James Franklin, we see that his stock is dropping via Smoky Mountain Red. I I think that's an easy place to win. I think he's held on there too long. And I think if Penn State really wants to take it to the next step, he's helped rebuild the program, John. But I don't think they win long-term with the former Vanderbilt coach, you? Well, the thing is, though, I still give him tremendous credit for what he did at Vanderbilt. That was unheard of. So I think he's a good coach. Maybe he's not as good a coach now as he was in that situation. I think he'll win wherever he goes. He may not win at the level you expect, but he's going to win a bunch of games. Okay, here we go. Wait, so wait, wait, um, wait, there's still one more dumb decision he made. I told you guys it's James Franklin all game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so then it's 17 to nine, and guys, hell's about to freeze over. This is when you got, you do punt the ball. It's fourth and six from his own 30, a 17 to nine game. Michigan has only scored a field goal in the second half. And James Franklin goes for it after using a timeout to punt on fourth and two early. That's a how mummy-esque decision, John. Oh, very much so. I remember going for on fourth down from his own 21, I think, on his first possession in Neyland Stadium. That worked out well. And that's Hots Michigan the ball, by the way, and they score a touchdown to go. You know what that made me think of, John, back in the days when I played NCAA or NCAA college football or Madden? Like uh, 
somebody's had too much to drink if they're going for it on their own 21 on fourth down. Yeah. Or, or maybe they just got a real bad short-term memory yes. and they've forgotten that it's fourth down. Yeah. I like that. What was the most impressive thing about the Franklin mistakes was how excited Caleb got going through each of the mistakes. You, did you notice how his, his passion for this just kept building when he got to the last one and you tried to cut him off? If you were within shooting range, he would have fired right <laughs> Right there. in the leg. All right. Mine yeah. is not playing Nico <laughs> to this oh. point, and I'm going to go ahead and say oh, – That is total bullshit. And it is. And it is. Dave would hire James Franklin over Josh Heupel, John. I, I, you know, no, that's what not. we're learning here. I, no, <laughs> I think James Franklin is an incredibly overrated coach. But I do like what he did at Vanderbilt. Why can you – I don't know. Let's – Let's do a show on Jay. I don't think he's overrated. I mean, <laughs> do a show on- Penn State's just not as good as Ohio State and Michigan. But, John, Franklin does. I think he can do a lot of things right, but he does make basic in-game mistakes a lot. This is not the first time James Franklin has has made basic, like, okay, ridiculous in-game right. decisions. Well, you can pick apart. I mean, we've already established that these guys are – not Mensa people, but when it comes to game day decision, that's pretty much a foundation of this whole segment. But I think in terms of what he does with a program, how many people do you think could have done what he did at Vanderbilt? I don't think there are that many. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, John, how do we follow your work, sir? Uh, word of mouth. I think somebody, if you hey, John Adams, you heard, oh, yeah, he writes for the Knoxville News Sentinel, knoxnews.com. He does a podcast with Blake Totmeyer, SEC Unfiltered. Yeah, just just talk to people. Get out there in the community. They'll tell you. <laughs> Good stuff, John. Thank you, sir. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, John guys. Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Um, now, the, the question I have <clears throat> for you after Football IQ, which I do love that segment, is where do the Vols turn with Dante Thornton out for the season. How many receivers do they have that can even play? We're going to discuss that next because this just in, without an adequate quarterback and adequate receivers, Tennessee's offense really doesn't go. So can they go with another player, specifically another receiver down? That coming up as I remind you that portions of the program are brought to you by our friends at Apex Apparel Group. Design, brand, market your way. Call Tyler. Unique products to promote your business with unparalleled customer service. The link is right down there. Support our sponsors. They can outfit your entire business and uh, take care of your promotional tool needs. So coming up, how do the balls move on with yet another injury? And I don't care what you say. I'm going to defend Josh Heupel here for a second, Okay. He has had an inordinate amount of key injuries. Other than the quarterback position, I can't think of a way that Tennessee could have been more decimated by injuries because of where they happened, not necessarily the amount of. So we'll discuss how Tennessee moves on with another injury. Uh, It just, um, I don't know. Caleb's got it broken down. Stay tuned. Two minutes off Doug Sports. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. 
Sports Treasures in North Knoxville is one of the South's largest sports cards and memorabilia dealers, featuring over 10 million sports cards from vintage to modern. Sports Treasures carries a full line of hobby boxes, singles, autographed memorabilia, Tennessee Vol collectibles, fan cave decorations, and so much more. See a museum full of collectibles at Sports Treasures, 4819 North Broadway in Fountain City, and Sports Treasures on Facebook. Sports Treasures, where the real sports fan goes to shop. Have you seen the latest TriStar Hats Co. product? TriStar Hats Co., what's that? You know, those really cool hats, shirts, tumblers, and even license plates with three stars like the official Tennessee flag and stripes like the American flag. Pretty patriotic if you ask me. Ah, gotcha. Seen those. Those are cool. Where can I get them? Simple. TriStarHatsCo.com. And if you order now, there's 10% on any order $50 or more. Plus, use the promo code HOOKED. With the promo code HOOKED, you get 10% off. That's hooked. And don't forget free shipping with any order over 50 bucks. Stock up at TriStarHatsCo.com. That's TriStarHatsCo.com. There are plenty of wannabes out there, so make sure you go to TriStarHatsCo.com for the best quality and customer service. Will do, and I'll be sure to use the promo code HOOKED. That's hooked when I do to save an additional 10% off. TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStar Hats Co. is a trademark of TriStar Hats Co. LLC. Any use without express written consent is prohibited. What's up, everybody? This is Jacob Warren asking you to like, subscribe, and share. Dave needs this. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get caught, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. I'm going to need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Okay, so here we go. <clears throat> Where do the balls turn without Dante Thornton out for the season? You just saw the commercial for TriStar Hats and more. And we're going to have some TriStar Hats apparel that we'll be wearing shortly. So go to TriStar Hats Co. and uh, pick out what you need. We're going to get some sweet pullovers. Caleb, what do you think about that? I think that's awesome. Love pullovers. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get that. Uh, and all you have to do is go to TriStarHatsCo.com. TriStarHatsCo.com. Use the promo code HOOK. Get 10% off. Where do the Vols go, <clears throat> excuse me, without Dante Thornton now? You wrote about that on OffTheHookSports.com. How disconcerting is this loss? Had I told you three weeks ago, Caleb, you would have said, well, he's just dropping passes anyway. They can find somebody else to drop passes, and you would have been right. But he seemed to have hit a bit of a stride lately. Um, so how big of a blow is this for the balls? It shouldn't be but I think it will be, but this puts to test something you told me you, you and I talked about in the off season, Dave, that you were concerned about Josh Heupel and it's this. And let me show you where I'm going with this. Cause I actually thought about this after I wrote my column. So I might actually write another one. Dante Thornton was a transfer, right? Yes. Brew McCoy was a transfer. Yes. Ramel Keaton was part of Jeremy Pruitt's recruiting class. One of the things that we have lamented about Heupel is that he's relied on Jeremy Pruitt recruits and then using some NIL money to just outbid everybody for transfers, but that his own recruits, high school recruits, have not panned out yet. Well, if they can't replace Dante Thornton, there's a major red flag about Josh Heupel on the recruiting trail because Tennessee brought in Caleb Webb, who was a four-star in 2022. They brought in um, 
Chaz Nemrod, who is a borderline four-star, but was a three-star in 2022, who have both seen some action this year. They brought in Nathan Leacock, who was a four-star in 2023. And Cameron Selden was listed and recruited as a wide receiver in 2023 as a four-star. So if you can't find a replacement for Dante Thornton, then you got to start really questioning Josh Heupel on the recruiting trail and his evaluation of talent. Okay, just and, and people are asking for Selden, too. I We do want to point out, for those that don't know, he, he moved to running back. So we'll see. Um, here's the issue that I have with the way they're handling the receivers. It feels like to me that it worked last year, right? You got stuck on the three guys of Vermel Keaton, Jalen Hyatt, and Brew McCoy because Cedric Tillman got hurt. I know he tried to keep coming back, but that was Brew McCoy's job at that point. And, um, I felt like they settled on those three and nobody else really got playing time significantly. We saw a little bit of squirrel here and there, but we didn't see many more. So philosophically, I want you to know, because you and I have talked about this, we're on the same page. You stick with the main three. But at some point, I think that you have to question whether it's the quarterback position, the receiver position, are are there enough? Is there enough of a rotation where these guys are getting some key reps during games? And I feel like that now I know Dante Thornton played wide out some, but I feel like Josh Heupel goes in with a plan and is stubborn to that plan. This isn't the only instance where I think he's too stubborn, but this would be the one we're talking about right now. And I think it was Dante Thornton has to play the slot until you're like, well, maybe he does with Brew McCoy being injured, need to play wide out. Is, is, should that be a major concern for, for Tennessee fans that they're, that Josh Heupel can be too stubborn, especially with his receiver rotation? I think him being stubborn on, on a macro is a concern. I don't really have a problem with it at the receiver rotation, Dave, because I look back at Tennessee's most successful periods. We always talk, you were covering the team. I actually covered this team as a student, too, at the time. The turnaround from 05 to 06 with Eric Gange and David Cutcliffe. You know what no one talks about? The big, I think the biggest reason for the turnaround, who called a ball, Dave, outside of Robert Meacham, Jason Swain, or Brett Smith that year? Nobody else really saw reps at all. That was a huge, it was very clear, right? Robert Meacham's your first read. Jason Swain is your complimentary wideout on the other side. And then Brett Smith is your slot. There are no questions asked. Nobody else is getting reps. That was probably the most important thing David Cutcliffe did when he returned to Tennessee was shortening the receiver rotation. And I'm, I kind of break with you. I don't believe you give other guys reps. And I think mainly because I covered the Butch Jones years and Butch Jones who started wanting to run the no huddle offense had the philosophy, which is an old school philosophy for new school offenses, which is there's this belief that if you run a no huddle offense, you have to rotate in and out receivers because you got to keep everybody fresh. But if you're rotating in and out receivers, you can't run your tempo. Josh Heupel's big philosophy is no subbing period, no subbing at all. And so I actually think that I don't mind Josh Heupel doing that. Honestly, I I, kind of like that. Well, Carl says all the talk about his size and speed, you thought they'd have a few plays for him already. Well, I don't think Dante Thornton was ready to play at this level. And, and so I put that more on Dante Thornton. And Caleb, getting to what you said about transfers, I was told that Dante Thornton was clearly the one who was, he was on the prices right. It was, he was going to the highest bidder. It wasn't about, uh, good old Rocky Top or playing in South Florida for Miami. It wasn't about that. It was the highest bidder. So that to me is a little bit disconcerting, but I do give him credit for getting things on the right path 
before the injury last week. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red says Josh Heupel has been stubborn a lot this season. Now, this is what um, this is what Caleb was referring to, and that's Elias's comment. Does the hurry up limit our ability to give reps? Yes, it absolutely does, because you only play those three, and then you don't sub throughout that drive. So intrinsically, Josh Heupel's system is going to make it more difficult to get more guys reps at receiver. That's just the way things are. It is. And also it's, if you run a lot of receivers, a quarterback really gets out of rhythm. There is a connection that quarterbacks and receivers have. I mean, one of the biggest ones for me is when Lane Kiffin was with um, Alabama, remember how much they shortened the receiver rotation? Amari Cooper was it pretty much yep. that first year. And Lane Kiffin has always had kind of the philosophy of really just one receiver that you target for most of the time. I mean, he turned Denarius Moore into an NFL receiver in 2009. And I hadn't thought about it like that, but now that I recollect, I think you're right. Yeah. So I think Josh Heupel is, I think here's the real question. Did Josh Heupel miss on Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb? Nathan Lee Cox, a true freshman, but Caleb Webb and Chaz Nimrod are sophomores. Let's be honest. Dave, if you're a, if you're a receiver, if you can't step in as a sophomore, as a starter, when someone gets hurt, you're not going to make it, right? <laughs> yeah, but here's the reason I have a problem with that goes back to the way he runs his receivers. Are the sophomores ready to step in because they don't get enough practice time or they don't get enough playing time? And I, I look at Chaz Nimrod specifically and I thought that Chaz Nimrod in his first game out there after or in re, uh, replacing Brew McCoy when he got hurt, it was either that game or I think it was the next game actually, that he looked lost. And then the second game, he didn't look lost. Well, shouldn't you have him ready to not be lost just in case something happens to Brew McCoy? I mean, you and I agree that playing the you, you and I agree that playing the same three are the right way to go. But there has to be a happy medium of having guys ready to play when in, an injury happens. And I don't think that that was the case this year. I do think it was the case last year because they stumbled on DeBrew McCoy, who a scout told me is the most is the best NFL prospect. So you had the best NFL prospect at one position. Sure, he's going to be able to step in, but I don't think that's happened with Nimrod. I don't think he's been but ready. Nimrod and Webb have clearly gotten enough reps to this point where one of them should be ready to go. And I mean, you know, are, you, are you saying so? reps with are you saying reps with the first team or just reps in general? I mean, don't you still take reps in practice with the second team? And I mean, like, I, I think like, isn't that always the case with injuries? Like, wasn't Travis Henry taking reps with the second team when Jamal Lewis got hurt? And then he's taking reps with the first team now? I mean, isn't that how that works? Running back's a little bit different because you'll have several guys taking first reps because you don't want to beat them down. But to your point, I think you need to be taking some first team reps as well, not just second team, don't you? So your philosophy, what you think is you're saying run the same three guys in the game, but during practice, you should run like five or six to get first team reps. That's what you're saying. Well, yes. And I would also say this when when Tennessee, if, if they hit its apex, by the way, apex, apex apparel, they can outfit your entire corporation. Um, and it's right down below. But when they hit their apex, shouldn't they be? Okay, ideal situation. You've got six great receivers, okay, or six very good receivers. 
you play your three the majority of the first quarter and into the second quarter, and you've got somewhat of a lead, and then maybe one series you sub a couple of guys. Haven't been able to do that this quarter. year, though. They can't do it this year. Okay, I'm yeah. talking about at the apex when 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 they've got. I mean, Nimrod and Webb weren't ready. Which but I think they did that last year. They did that last year, but they were able to get the big leads and they brought in Squirrel White a lot. So I mean, the problem is just the problem comes back to they haven't been able to get those receivers in because until UConn, when's the last time they had a game in hand where you could just relax and see the. And also, I I'm gonna say here's kind of a hot take: Heupel's not running up the score enough this year. The UConn game, he he set on that lead because he just wanted to get out of there. He was trying to be classy. I think something humbled him. You keep running your offense when your backups are in the field. I don't think it's good. It's not, that's not a, I'm going to humiliate you. That's a, my backups are in. It's not my fault. You can't stop my backups, but I think it's important to give them valuable reps. Don't just have Nico play for a drive and try to do anything. Keep running them. So I agree with that. I think that's interesting. Uh, Scale of one to 10, how big of a loss is Dante? Let me ask you that. Brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning. 50 years in East Tennessee. Integrity matters. Don't trust a fly-by-night HVAC company to tell you that you need a new unit uh, that could cost thousands or more. I can tell you of a friend of the family already um, worked with City Heating and Air. And now uh, my actual family worked with City Heating and Air. And they hustled up and got things fixed. And at cityheatandair.com, support our sponsor. Scale of 1 to 10, how big of a loss is Dante Thornton right now? I think it's about 7.5 to 8. And the reason I say it's that high is because Dante Thornton was the only whiteout fast enough to maybe get it to maybe get an open space against George's cornerbacks. A big concern is, you know, the whole read of safety. So you can get one-on-one -on -one coverage. I don't think George is scared to play Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb one-on-one -on, -one on the outside. No, no way they're uh, outrunning them. I think it's like an 11 this week, but if you'd asked me three weeks ago, I would have said like a three. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, because of the other injuries uh, or the injury to brew McCoy, because and I hate to say Squirrel White hasn't developed because I look at that slant and I'm sorry, Joe Milton throws a heavy ball. I mean, none of these receivers are as good as they will be next year because Joe Milton throws a heavy ball. That's a fact. I mean, if you look at the slant, that's a wide open touchdown against Missouri. And Joe Milton tried to throw that ball 180 miles an hour and it was off, off target as well. So I don't want to say Squirrel White hasn't developed because I don't know because they're hamstrung at the quarterback position. Yeah, there. No, I, totally, totally. With and you. I said right. it. I said it in August. Did I not, Caleb? I thought that was an issue. I thought he could come through it. I wanted him to come through it for the betterment of the program, for the betterment of what we do. But it hasn't happened. There's no touch. Two there's weeks no, left. Yeah, there's two weeks left. Yeah, with nothing to play for. There's no throwing with the fingers. It's all arm and shoulder. It's just and and I will say this too. I've had people. I've had people bring up people that would know, as a matter of fact, it was a scout who said that Josh Heupel coaches his quarterbacks to do one thing. And as an overall head to toe quarterback coach, there's some concerns there as far as footwork, because it's a simple one read thing, a lot like doing the option. Now we'll see what Hendon Hooker does in the NFL. He could dismiss, dismiss a lot of that. But as for now, I think that's a realistic Concern. Harold Group Security Solutions Leadership Experience Specialization. You deserve to be safe in your workplace. Your kids deserve to be 
safe, excuse me, at their school. We're working with private schools now. We're going to push that to public schools, leadership experience, specialization, addressing problems through unique mission-specific mitigation techniques, also making your children safer one school at a time. All you have to do, go to your work administrator or your school administrator, say, go to Herald Group Security Solutions. Give them a call to make this place safer, avoiding the tragedies that have marred our country's history recently. Herald Group Security Solutions. We're talking about former servicemen or who, who are very, very highly trained. Herald Group Security Solutions. All right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Caleb. So uh, now we get to some hoops. Talking back. Skit. Ball. Love it. Uh, we have a SEC player of the week as the balls beat wisconsin and i noticed that andy katz by the way in his power rankings had tennessee number one in the nation so we haven't had a chance to talk much basketball to this point but what do you make of the balls early on it's hard to tell because of how wisconsin played tennessee because on paper we said tennessee should go more offense they scored 80 points which is good but they were 5 of 17 from 3 in that game, which is very, very not good. Now, I think Wisconsin was doing the same thing Duke did to Tennessee last year, which is they play kind of, I don't know if it was necessarily a zone, but it was like a perimeter zone. Because we all know that, you remember this, how little respect the teams have for Uros Plavchik as a threat down low under the basket last year. It was minimal, wasn't it? None. I, he, didn't have his, he didn't have a back-to-the-basket game to score and he didn't have the ability well Tennessee didn't have the ability to go with the inside outside game and burn people from the three point line so you just had guys sagging back at the three point line and and so it made it difficult for him to find open players exactly so now this year Jonas Adu is still he doesn't have the finesse that you want him to have but he's athletic so he is a threat down low he had 10 points in the game he was 5 of 8 that's exactly what you want when somebody plays a perimeter zone is you want somebody to neutralize that with that. The other player who broke it a lot was obviously Dalton connect, which is why he was sec basketball player of the week. He had 24 points, broke it a lot from the mid range. I'm still not a believer in the mid range, but if someone's going to play a perimeter zone, that is a pretty good way to break it. And so I don't blame Rick Barnes strategy. When you have Dalton connect, just go with it, but I still need to see more from before you fully believe in them. From people like Viscovi. He only took one three-pointer on Friday. Now he's still getting back from injury. Josiah Jordan James only took only hit one three-pointer. Justin Ganey off the bench did go three of eight from the field, but he went two of four from three. But five of 17 from three isn't going to cut it. But that was again a reflection on how Wisconsin played defense and also a big deal now. Tennessee, 19 to 23 from the free throw line, Wisconsin 14 to 23, where I do go old school. You hit your free throws, you have a huge advantage in March. And so Amen. you know, that's that's that is probably the biggest drop off from the NBA to college, where in college basketball, like 60% is acceptable from the from the free throw line. And if you're a guard in the NBA and you're not 75%, you're 
an embarrassment, honestly. Okay, so we have Travis saying uh, connect for Heisman. Uh, we have a new nickname, Creamsicle Mamba. <laughs> and on the message board, connect playing like a pro. Vanilla Magic, uh, catch the fever. I love that. Um, so what is the what are, what are we going to call? Let's go ahead and determine this right now. And more comments from the message board. Uh, Euros was the basketball team's two, 2022 Kamal Haddon. I don't know what that means. Uh, and but he never got a 2023 like Kamal Haddon did to prove he was good. Yeah. Basketball team is deep and talented. I agree. So let's go ahead and uh, make our predictions now as the season has begun. This Tennessee basketball team, I'm going to ask you three criteria on the message board and of Caleb Calhoun right now. They win the SEC regular season. I don't care about the conference tournament. They make the NCAA tournament. They make the Sweet 16. They make the Final Four. So give me that was not three. But do they win the regular season, and how deep do they go in the NCAA tournament is a much easier way to say it. I still have them winning the regular season because I do think that Rick Barnes' style is conducive to being able to win the regular season. Um, make the NCAA tournament. That's like the most given thing you've ever. Asked. Yeah, don't the, the escalation. Don't, don't worry about that. How far do you think they go? Let's. This, these are our official predictions. I say they win the regular season, and I say that this Tennessee team makes the Final Four. I say they win the regular season and get bounced out in the second round because why would I ever believe in Rick Barnes? Like the Sweet Sixteen is like a unicorn. It happens once every few years with him, and I just I still think he. Ryan says, players, I have to be proven wrong. I'm giving him credit for his personnel change. But Dave, you said this last week, and I, I bring it up the Wisconsin game again. And Tennessee won. I don't think they won how you want them to win in March, though, in this game, which is crazy to say. Rick Barnes went back to the mid-range. You said he, he would do that in, in January when things are getting a little tight. He did that on Friday. I mean, yeah, he did that on Friday. That's why Don't yeah. Connect got 24 points. Guys, do you think Don't Connect is going to continue shooting that well on long twos the rest of the year? Like, again, only Michael Jordan was efficient on long twos, but that was, for some reason, that's the most unique part of Michael Jordan's game was he was so great on those mid-range shots. But most players are not. Yeah. yeah, and from the elbow, the turnaround jumper, I, th I thought he created that because – Physically, he declined just a little bit, and he wanted a gimme shot. That was kind of like his skyhook. Um, it was. It was just it was undefendable, and if he hits it, he hits it, and there you go. And he would catch um, it in position like he was going to post you up, and then he would. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was. It was. It was gorgeous, and he didn't even have it until like ten years into his career. That was the crazy part. I was like, where in the age did that come from? Buzz Peterson um, coached him how to do it. <laughs> yeah, it was Buzz. Buzz called and said, "Hey, I just wondering there, buddy." Have you thought about a turnaround jumper from the elbow? I mean, you know, just go ahead and give that a try. And thanks for being at my wedding and never showing up to Neyland Stadium, which would help – uh, sorry, never showing up to Thompson Bowling Arena, which would help me recruit. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. I know you got money to make and stuff. All right. Um, so, uh, Ron coming back on the show. Yes, we have confirmed Ron Slay will be back on the show this year, and we're super excited about that. So – We'll call it the sleigh ride, but also Slay says uh, is wait. Be, how is the how am, yes. I, I got to push back? How is Travis? How's the blood flow cutting off my brain? You're telling me based on history, who is whose side is logic on based on history in terms of how far I have Tennessee going? Who even Dave would agree that mine makes more sense logically? Final four, or second round of the tournament, right? 
So Mead Drinker says if Barnes doesn't make a run with the roster, he may never. Well, he may never. Um, and we had Final Four or bust. So, hey, this is Buzz. I was Jordan's roommate. Um, is this a disappointment if Tennessee just makes the Elite Eight? Okay, let me yeah, let me set this up. Let me set this up. Tennessee wins the regular season in the SEC, which is probably the second best conference in the nation this year in basketball. Probably. We can debate the that. ACC, but... The ACC is still right there. Yeah, okay, well, they're top three, right? I think the SEC is kind of down this year, actually, which is, I think, why Tennessee was so easily the favorite. But, I mean, and also you got to think Big 12, too. I, I can't go there this year, honestly. Well, top three with Big 12 and ACC? You wouldn't go there? Okay, but I mean, anyway. Big 10 is still good, too, but yeah. Yeah, they are. All right, so they win the regular season. They make the Elite Eight. That's sure as heck not a disappointment, right? No. Guys, Tennessee's made one Elite Eight in history. And okay, what about, what about win regular season, Sweet 16? I still think that's a great year. I thought again. I don't really. Yeah, but Caleb, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against you a little bit on this. At some point, man, you got to make a deeper run. But I mean, there are accomplishments. There's la- there's levels of accomplishments, Dave. There is what you do in the regular season, which I don't dismiss. What you do, but then there's like first weekend, second weekend, third weekend, or national title in March. And the reason I say that is like, okay, the 2010 team went to the Elite Eight. I think the 2018 with Chris Lofton holds a higher place in everybody's hearts, even though they only went to the sweet 16 because they won 30 games. They were number one for a moment and they won the, and they won the sec regular season title. So, I mean, like I, March is such a, I kind of judge the regular season more than I judge a deep run in March. A lot of times, the only reason we're doing this on Barnes is because Barnes never gets a deep run in March. Like ever. Here's what I'm going to do. A little basketball trivia. If you can name who, uh, who wrapped this, then I'm going to hook you up with a TriStar Hats shirt or a hooker shirt. You can pick or maybe both, but I'll let you pick. It's basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king of the microphone, like Dr. J and Moses Malone. Tell me who spat that back in the day when it was just rap getting started. If you can tell me who spat that back in the day, do you know who it is? Caleb? Yes, I know who it is. I was just hoping you weren't going to sit there and play the Ronaldo Woolridge, Eric Berry, Hurricane Chris, Halle Berry remix. No, so tell me on the message board who it is. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king of the microphone, like Dr. J and Moses Malone. Tell me who spat that, and you've got a TriStar Hats Co. t-shirt coming your way. Uh, so if this, if this Tennessee team gets bounced, this is a postseason sport. If they get bounced in the first round, though, Caleb... Is this season a disappointment? Yeah, I, I would say it is. I think at this point, people don't even – I don't think people care about what Tennessee does in the regular season anymore. I think it is it is kind of just a March runner. But it's, we're, Tennessee's at the point now where – remember when LeBron lost the finals to the Mavericks in the worst finals performance ever? And LeBron fans were like – I mean, NBA fans were like, we're not even going to pay attention to LeBron until June anymore. Like, they basically made that point And like – no, so. and the new nickname on this show is um, uh, I've I've got a nickname. So, oh yes, Travis got it. This crowd doesn't know Curtis Blow. There, here's my email. I will hook you up with the. Uh, we also know that Bow Wow had a remix to it, also because Bow Wow's a legend, guys. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, all right, so uh, by the way, I've got a new nickname for uh connect 
and it's better than any that we've seen. And we have to refer to him uh, from now on as this. Dalton, connect the dots. Connect the dots to what? All right. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. It's the worst, corniest nickname I've ever heard. Off the hook sports. But it's stuck in my head for like 12 hours since I went and rewatched the game last night. It's been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Have a blessed day, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.